Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello and welcome everyone. Uh, once again, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and today our guest is Steve Gordon. He is the editor of Unstoppable CEO, the leadership journal for growing firms. He's a marketing strategist, consultant, speaker, and editor of four business newsletters. He has written a, a really good book, Unstoppable Referrals, that takes uh, old school direct response marketing principles and applies it to generating... Uh, a, a steady, consistent flow of referrals, and he's also just a brilliant, brilliant marketer. I've had a few conversations with him already prior to inviting him on to, to for our podcast, and I just have to say that we're in for a treat today. I really enjoy his company, his presence. He's very personable. He's very knowledgeable, and he definitely, definitely knows how to get results. So, Steve, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Daryl. Great to be here, and thanks for having me. Yeah, no, of course. Well, it's it's an honor. I think it's it's an, I think it's a mutual feeling. So, um, and yeah, we've talked a little bit about um, kind of what you know what you do now and what you've done. But can you maybe just get us started and talk about how you even got into marketing? How did you come about? I mean, I know your story a little bit, but can you just share for our listeners? Sure, I'd be happy to. Yeah, I kind of took the back door into marketing. Um, I'm actually uh, trained in a technical field. I uh, went uh, to, to engineering school and after graduating went to work for a, a consulting uh, firm in that field and uh, was really fortunate. I was the 10th employee at the firm and they were just poised to begin to grow and uh had been there about four years. I got asked by the founder to take over as CEO, nice. and uh, yeah, well, not nice. To, depending on where where you are, you know, I um, it was it was a great honor and a, and a, a great experience. But boy, looking back, uh, I was 28 years old. I had no idea what I was getting into or what I was doing. So um, trial by fire, exactly. And and in that in that firm, um, you know, we didn't have any marketing. Everything was by referral and there was no organized way that we were getting referrals back then. Um, the phone would ring some days and other days it, it wouldn't. And, uh, um, you know, so as I took over, I got a, a great interest in, in marketing and, and, uh, you know, for probably four or five years really did, uh, an awful job at it, frankly, and, uh, and learned a lot along the way. Um, at the very expensive school of hard knocks, but um, but then I came across direct response marketing, and it instantly kind of made sense to me. And so we started applying some of those principles, and um, and that firm grew um, and and uh, did very well. And um, I've you know after a few years realized that the part that I really enjoyed was not the technical work we were doing, but I just enjoyed the sales and marketing side and enough folks had asked us what we did and how we did it that, uh, you know, I decided it was time for me to go out and, and, uh, focus on that. Mm, and helping others have success because yeah. that's such a scary thing. I mean, I think a lot of us listening to the call can relate to that, that, that fear, that, that, 
that gut-wrenching feeling of, of, am I going to do this right? Am I going to fail? And especially when, like you said, some days the phone's ringing, some days it's not. Those days the phone's not ringing. I mean, you know, if, if you if you care about your business and your employees and everything like it, you know, it really weighs on your shoulders. Anytime your you know your bank account is not growing, you know, it's 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 really stressful. There's a lot of weight on an owner's shoulders. So it's a very noble thing for you to be doing and getting. And I know you're getting some of your clients' phenomenal results. Um, so what were some of the, the greatest challenges for you in your business career and even just kind of coming about and, um, just kind of evolving into, you know, into an unstoppable CEO? Gosh, I think, um, the biggest challenge was, was starting the firm that, that, uh, I run now. Um, and we've been going for just over five years, in fact, five years last month. And, you know, when I took over, that first firm at age 28, it was running. I mean, it, we had a good running start. We were profitable. There was cash flow. We had happy clients. Um, and I thought, wow, well, I was really good at that. You know, I surely can go out and start again. Right. <laughs> um, starting from scratch was a whole lot harder than I ever expected it to be. Right. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm thankful to have had that experience and been through that challenge. But, um, yeah, that's, that's probably the toughest challenge that I've faced is just getting things going and figuring it all out from scratch. And how, so how did you overcome that? Because that's something, whether someone's launching a new product line or they're starting a new venture themselves or even a new division of a company um, or, or, or they're trying to acquire something, I think you're right. I think anytime you start something that's untested and proven, it's much easier to take something that's already winning, like a horse that's already running around the track and just make it run a little faster versus having to get that inertia, like go from zero to like rolling. Um, so what were some of the things that you felt really helped you overcome those hurt, that hurdle? Well, I, I think the, the one key thing is persistence. Um, and that's really, I mean, we didn't start off with, uh, with the brand unstoppable CEO. It evolved mm. out of that and it doesn't describe me so much, but it describes the people that we serve. Um, because I think entrepreneurs have to be persistent. They have to be unstoppable because there are so many things that you don't know going into it and you just have to keep slogging through and slogging through and finding the clues along the way and adjusting course until you get on the path that you want to be on. And so I think the the big thing for me, and I know, I know you probably love to hear, oh, we did this one certain trick or whatever, yeah. but it just wasn't that easy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I never seem to get one of those easy stories, you know, that you hear. So for, for me, it was really just having in mind what I wanted to create and then just just being persistent day in and day out, moving a little bit closer to it continually, and that has paid big dividends. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's part of where they say entrepreneurs make their own luck. I mean, just by showing up every day. I mean, I, I love it because it's the exact opposite of get rich quick. And I mean, you know, you're right. I, I There's a little part of me that wants to hear you say, you know, well, I rubbed my belly and tapped my head and I hopped on one foot in, in a circle and I chanted like, said four Hail Marys and I prayed to God and suddenly a million dollars showed up in my bank account. You know, like I, I just love that sort of thing. Um, but you're right. I think it really is just getting up and going to bat every day and figuring out and just modeling success as much as possible possible. I think that that's, I mean, that's why you get your clients such good results is because you've, you did it, you were successful with it and you, know, you just help them follow a proven system. And it might not work for everyone right off the bat, but geez, you're certainly much, much more likely to be successful if they just follow the proven model versus trying to create something new on their own. And that's something I deal with all the time, all the time. And everyone thinks, oh, but my situation is different. But in a lot of instances, no, it's not. It's just like, just stick to the formula, just follow my guidance, and I promise we'll get over the finish line sooner or later. So um, that's great advice. And I think it's, it's something that people don't want to hear, but they just need to hear. Like, get up every morning, slug through it, go to bed, wake up, you know, do your best again the next day. So that's great, great, great advice. Well, thank um, you. What would you recommend to people who are starting out or who are struggling? If, if they were like where you were and okay, they're like, all right, I get it. Wake up every day, but they're feeling overwhelmed or stressed or, you know, someone who's unable to get any good referrals or, you know, just, just someone who's struggling and, and just in a, in a tough time right now in their business. Sure. Well, I mean, the as you know, the first problem you've got to solve in any business is getting customers. 
So, I mean, that early on, that's where I put all of the focus. Um, and, and I see a lot of business owners going out there and they, you know, they worry about, well, should I be an LLC or a, you know, an S corp or, you know, all these other little things that people tell you, you have to do. And really the only thing to worry about until you've got it really figured out and it'll probably take you longer than you think it will, um, is how do I get a customer at a price that I can live with? And, and, you know, when, when I'm working with business owners now, um, my clients there, it, it takes a little while. They have to go through this sort of transformational thinking where they go from looking at the whole act of getting clients as sort of a, a bother to them. Cause a lot of them are professionals or they're expert at whatever it is that they do. And, and they want to do the thing that they were trained to do. It was like back when I had, you know, a, a more technical business, you know, the, we loved doing the technical work of it and, you know, weren't always as natural or as excited to do some of the other stuff. And, you know, I've got it, it when I'm working with somebody, it's like, if they can get it, it you see that just this light bulb go off, like, Oh my gosh. Um, and the thing that I try and get them to understand is that, when they're going out trying to get clients, they're really, it's like investing. Mm-hmm. It's like you're buying, you know, some asset that's going to produce money. So you got to think of it in those terms. And if you think of it just in terms of buying and selling assets, it becomes easier. I find they have an easier time of disconnecting, you know, from the emotion uh, of the sale, which, you know, holds a lot of folks back. So, but I think the first thing to think, to, to focus on is, is how to get clients. Now, there are a lot of different ways to do that. Um, referrals are a great way to do it. Uh, and, you know, for a long, long time, referrals have been something that most business owners know kind of instinctively. is That's where their best source of, of new clients will come from, are the ones that are referred. Because, you know, studies show, um, and Nielsen has done studies, Gallup has done studies. Um, I think the, the latest Nielsen study shows that a referred prospect is like 400% more likely to buy, mm-hmm. you know, great. We, I mean, we all kind of know that intuitively. They put some numbers on it. So we, you know, we've got it now documented that, that, uh, these are our best prospects. But uh, a couple of years ago, I taught a whole series of workshops on referral marketing. We had, I don't know, two or 300 entrepreneurs come through the workshops and we taught kind of all of the common wisdom on how to get referrals. And, and it really boils down to two things. It, it, it boils down to asking a lot. And then once you've asked for a referral, follow up with that client or with that referred prospect uh, for a long, long time until they convert. That's good advice. And it works. But the problem that most people have with it is that, you know, most people aren't natural born salesmen or saleswomen, right? They, they, they get, to this point where they feel a little bit uncomfortable asking for it. And the thing that I heard over and over in those workshops was that, you know, we, you know, we kind of all know these things. We're not doing them and we're not doing them because we feel uncomfortable. You know, I feel like I've got this client that's already paid me, you know, and I work with a lot of businesses that are, that are selling pretty high priced products and services, a lot of consultants or professionals, you know, and, and they feel like, well, I've got this client that's paying me, you know, 20 or 30 or 50 or 60 or a hundred thousand dollars a year. And I'm pretty grateful for having them. I feel like I'm imposing going and asking now for something in addition. And it turned out that was kind of a common block with this group. And I went back after teaching this, these few hundred entrepreneurs and I talked with 20 of them about six months after the course and I said, okay, well, we went through all this stuff. You seem pretty happy with it at the time. What's happened since? And I got to tell you, Daryl, it was like just one of the most crushing moments of my life. They said, you know, this is great, the stuff that you've taught us, but we aren't doing any of it. Mm. You know, and it came back to this idea that they just were, were uncomfortable as I, I dug into it. And so, um, and so we kind of went back to the drawing board and I gave a lot of thought to what was wrong with the referral process. Mm-hmm. And that's really where the, the ideas and the material came from for, uh, for the book, Unstoppable Referrals. 
Uh, and I'm happy to go into, you know, some of the, the, the things that, that we've, uh, strategies and things that we've come up with there. But uh, that's really kind of how it all, all started. Right. No, I love that because it sounds like you had an idea, you, you know, you were teaching people and they were loving it. But then what I, what I really love is that you actually took a look, like, because there's so many people that just don't care. They just want to get paid and move forward. But you actually went and did like a mini focus group of like, all right, how are you doing? You know, like, how's the product working out for you? And then you made it better. You found out what the real problem was. Um, because maybe you were giving them strategies in that, but maybe that wasn't necessarily what they needed. What they needed, that wasn't the problem that they were all facing. That might have been the problem. It's like the whole, that might be the problem that gets them to you is they're like, hey, I need more strategies to get referrals. But what they're really looking for, you identified, is a way to do it that is fits in line with their ethics, their values, and is in their comfort zone and will still work. Is that is that correct? Am I? Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely it. And um which is awesome. So what are just what can you share with us without having to give away the whole book? Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, that might that might take us a little while, but let's <laughs> let's hit the highlights. Sure. So the you know, we found the that most people were uncomfortable and as I I dug a little bit deeper into why they were feeling uncomfortable that it really comes down to to the the only logical result for a a successful referral is what? It's a it's a sales meeting. So if I'm going to refer you to um, somebody I know, and you and I are, are, are close friends, and we've got a good relationship. And I'm going to refer you to a business that I'm I'm doing, uh, you know, business with currently. Now I've got to send you, my friend, into a sales meeting with somebody that you don't know. Mm. Okay, now I don't know. I don't have very many friends that want to go into a sales meeting unless, like, I know they have a really significant problem. And I'm not talking about referring somebody to a restaurant or, or some business that's a, maybe a little more transactional because right. those, it's, yeah, it's, those can happen. Those don't require a lot of trust. There's very little downside. If I said, Hey, Daryl, you know, you ought to go with, you know, out with, with friends to this great new sports bar. You know, if you drop a hundred dollars and lose it, it's not the end of the world. Right, right, right. right. But for a lot of these folks, they're you know attorneys or doctors or um, financial advisors, where they might be dealing with you know a referral where a client is referring you know their their mother, and now all of mom's life savings, her nest egg, is going to be trusted to this person. Well, that is a big deal. There's a huge downside for me if I'm the the one making that introduction. And there's very little upside. And so what we've what what I figured out as I started thinking through this is if we can just remove the sales meeting as the first step in the process, that maybe we can open up the flow of referrals. Because really all the referral should be is is an open door. Okay. Yeah. And not not all the way into the office, not all the way in, you know, sitting across the desk, having the sales meeting. It should just really just be the open door, just the beginning of a relationship. Right. Because it seems very like, it seems almost too aggressive to like, to go from like not knowing anything to you just suddenly putting me at, an, at a table in front of somebody that I have no idea what they're, you know, and there's the expectation oh, sure. paying money and I know their time's valuable. So I, I totally get where that's too much too fast. Yeah. So, so we found that that removing that can really lower the barrier, mm-hmm. um, and and it allows people to refer what are sometimes hard to refer businesses without having to do a lot of thinking. So like if I if I'm gonna I have a really good friend he's like one of the top life insurance salesmen in the country he's really good at it very passionate about it now. If I told you that I just bought this great, you know, million dollar whole life insurance policy and I think you should get one too, you're looking over your shoulder running for the exit, right? Because it's too much. And I, how would I even know to, to even make that statement that you would have that need? I, I've got to get too into a relationship. However, I can take something that he's put together that he's packaged up where he's taken some of his expertise and he's packaged it up into what in the book I call a referral kit. And he can give that to me and say, Hey, would, do you know anybody that, you know, may might be in a similar 
situation in life as you. Maybe they've got, you know, I've got four kids. I'm married. I'm, I'm growing a business. Who else, you know, he might say to me, who else do you know that, you know, is a business owner, has got a young family in their early 40s, you know, um, would would you be willing to, to give them this package of, of useful information? Mm-hmm. Easier for me to say yes to that. Yeah. And then I can say, yeah, I'll do that. Hey, I got, you know, my buddy Daryl is in a very similar situation. Let me pass it on to him. Hey, Daryl, I just got this uh, great right. package of info. Here, take a look at it. If it fits, great. If not, no big deal. Right. So it's, it's yeah, it's low risk. There's very, very little, like, to risk as far as, uh, yeah, there's just low pressure. It's almost like a risk reversal. It's like packaging up your knowledge into a palatable sample and having that dispersed versus having, yeah, I totally get that, versus having the relationship, you know, having the two of you introduce and wasting either person's time because your friend who's a life insurance rep, his time is worth money too. So the other person, exactly, it kind of helps qualify them a little bit. So, I, I, yeah, it sounds like just more of a syndication of, now, we won't say a brochure or anything, but just exactly that. Like it's like a sample pri- like trial message, like who should be doing business with me, who shouldn't be doing business with me, what you know, like why would you know what are the benefits, why me versus someone else, those sorts of things. Is that is that correct at all? Or yeah, that's it. We you know when we um, are are putting one of these kits together for uh, for a client, we we suggest that they have four parts. So they want to deal with. First, get very specific about who their ideal client is. It doesn't work very well if, if they're trying to target people very broadly. So if, right. if they get very, very specific about who they're trying to attract, then they can zero in on, on exactly what the problems are that that type of, of uh, prospect faces or what the opportunities are, You know what, what it is that they want to achieve, and they can address that. They can talk a little bit about the... Um, about the solution, and a lot of business owners get nervous here because they think, well, if I just if I tell them the solution, they're not going to come and buy from me. And my response is always, well, if they're going to go do it themselves, they're going to go do it themselves, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You haven't lost anything by putting this in front of them, other than when they go do it themselves and it doesn't work out, maybe they'll come back to you. But um, but you don't have to give away the whole solution. A lot of times, just giving away the first step or two towards the solution is all that the prospect needs at that stage. Because here they are maybe really early in the, the thinking process about buying something. Maybe they're just beginning to perceive a need. They don't need the whole solution at that point. They might just need a, a little peek at what the next couple of steps are that they can take towards the solution. Uh, and so you can do somebody a whole lot of good just by sharing that little bit. So we want to address the problem that they have, kind of hint at a solution a little bit. We want to share proof so that they can see that people like them have had good results working with you. And then we want to give them what I call a next step offer, which isn't necessarily, hey, come buy this thing, but hey, here's how you would take a next step and, and learn more about me and learn more about, you know, getting a solution to your problem. And and oftentimes that will then become the sales meeting. So we backed the sales meeting up. We're not giving it, we're not offering it to a completely cold referral now. Mm-hmm. We've educated them and we've warmed them up and and uh, it works much better that way. Yeah, no, I think that's great. So the if there's four components. The first is who this is for. Um, the second would be kind of the problems that those persons facing and uh, or the results that they're they're trying to attain. Third is to give them this, to present the solution to say, well, this is a solution, and and actually give away some juicy content because you want them to first of all have faith in your ability to produce the results, but also the people that are just going to try to waste your time maybe and pick your brain to get the info they need to do it yourself first that they just get what they need to move on right because right. if they're that type of person they're just going to do that anyways and and really you know you're better off to help people versus to try to be that scary like um i don't want to i don't want to go I, I remember once i was sitting on a sitting on an idea and my mentor was like well why don't you get more people involved i was like because they'll steal my idea and he's like he's like they're gonna steal your idea and i was like yeah yeah they're gonna it's such a good <laughs> idea they're gonna steal it and he's like he's like do you realize how stupid that sounds like he was just so straight yeah. with me he's like do you realize how stupid it sounds he's like no one else even if they want to steal it, like like we were talking about how hard it is to get off the ground and running, right? Like even if they wanted, do you know how many obstacles are in their way? And he's just like, you just need to go out and just prove to the world that your thing is valid, that it works. And and um, 
another different mentor said the same way. Like when a band gets a chance to put their song on the radio, they don't pick their their third or fourth best song and leave their best song on the album hidden for people to discover it later. They take their best song off the album and they pump that out on the radio for free in hopes that it'll get enough people that the other you know that they'll want the rest of their stuff. So so we've got who's this for? The second step was problems faced, results wanted. The third was presenting your solution, but not necessarily giving away the whole kit and caboodle, but definitely just validating it's it, it validating it and and delivering proof of results with it as well and then the fourth is a next step offer which is kind of what to do next to to carry on that relationship or if this describes them and if that solution appeals to them is that is that correct that's it yeah that's got awesome. It. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's great. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing that. I know that you charge good money for this info, and um, so I'm, I hope our listeners have took notes and and take action on that because uh, was it Benjamin Franklin said, "Well, well done is better than well said." So <laughs> that's um, right. Yeah. So if you're listening and you thought that was something you could implement, uh, get get to it, hop to it as soon as this call is done. So, uh, do you have any favorite quotes of your own? I mentioned Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. I actually do, um, and I, I put this uh, I put this in the book um, because it is, and I have it on my wall, um, and I've had it on my wall for probably a decade now, um, and it's by uh, President Calvin Coolidge, and he says, "Nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb." Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. I love that. I love that. Hold on. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm writing down, first of all, who said that quote? Calvin Coolidge. Calvin, how you spell cool? K-O-O-L or C? It's C-O-O-L. Calvin Coolidge. Can you just read it one more time? I just, yeah, I'd be happy to. Back to this page. All right. It says... Uh, Nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. I love that. I love quotes like that. I have a, I have a shirt from my martial arts days. It says, hard work will always beat talent when talent refuses to work hard. And that's, that's that, that line in there when you're saying there's nothing more common than unsuccessful men with talent. What was that line? Anyway, I just, I love, what was that line? Yeah, it said, uh, nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. That's awesome. Yeah, which is so great. Yeah, I love, I love that. Per- persistence and determination are, was it, are on, uh, omnipotent. Omnipotent. Yeah, that's so, it's it's true. I mean, it's it. It's getting up and going to bat every day. Getting up, going to bat every day. Getting up, going to bat every day. Yeah, what was it? Thomas Edison, when he invented the light bulb, he said he didn't figure it out. He just ran out of wrong things to do. He had like something like 50,000 failed experiments. Yes. Like 50,000 yeah. failed experiments. Like to be able to get up and go to bat again after like like – 49,999 failed experiments, the money, the pain, the embarrassment, the ridicule. I mean, even the Wright brothers, right? When we think about them, they invented flight. Like, that's like me telling you I'm going to peel my skin off and appear in Japan. Be like, right. oh, okay, buddy. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what that would have sounded like back then? Be like, okay, yeah. buddy, right, sure. You, like, good luck with that. But they, how long, I... I forget they were at it for like I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be wrong, but they were at it for like 15 or 20 years. It was some like unfathomable amount of time that they were just like, "Yep, I'm gonna peel my skin off and appear in another country," um, and just they just were so persistent and determined, and they did it, and it's changed their lives, and now we all take it for granted. Well, and you know, I it's it's funny because people think people see the success side of of most like if you look out in the world and <clears throat> you look at whether it's an entrepreneur or an entertainer or whomever that has reached a level of success all you see is the success right it's like the tip of the iceberg sticking out you know where you've got all of this stuff that they've gone through um and it's funny i i mean not that it, that I'm any kind of celebrity or anything but um yes, you are. so so this book comes out you know it's been out since july and um, and it's really interesting to see 
what the reaction that people have now that the book is out because it came out and you know we we had you know a good start with it we did about five thousand or so copies in the the first week and um and so you know people have this perception that wow you know look at all you've got well they i mean they didn't see the you know getting up at five o'clock in the morning for three months writing it you know and and um all of the the stress and the anguish you go through as you're going to put this thing out there. Gosh, did we get all of the major typos out of it? Are we, you know, and I'm sure we didn't, but, um, you know, is it going to be well received all this stuff that you go through? And, and, uh, and it could have very easily been one, like one of Edison's failed experiments, Mm -hmm. you know, and I might, I might be sitting here cranking out the next one, uh, trying to get the hit. So you just don't know. Yeah, no, you just don't know. And that's why it's so important that you do something you're passionate about. Because um, that's even that's a, a, a really good Jim uh, Jim Carrey quote that I love. He did a, a, a speech at, I, I forget what university, but it was wherever he graduated from. And he said that his father taught him a lesson as an accountant, that he took a job that we thought would you know be helpful for the family and just like a good job. And even though it was something he hated, he did it. Um, but one day he was laid off, and he said, "My father taught me that you can fail at what you don't want, so you might as well chase what you what you what you love." And it's just so it's so true because it just takes so much like persistence, and that's why they say if you're just in it for the money, you're not going to be successful because the money isn't a good enough motivator. You just have to. I mean, this is something that I I learned from just being fortunate enough when I when I was really into martial arts to train with world champions and Olympic athletes was you know. W- we had a saying, and it was something I figured out, that when you show up, you're already a world champion when you get to the world championships. The world just hasn't found out yet. Like, you have to be that world champion when you show up. You have to have a world champion's habits, like a day-to-day. We talked about getting up at 5 a.m., right? You have to have a world championship, uh, world champion's daily routine, the world champion's diet, the panel of coaches, the training partners. You have to have all that organized. You have to get your life so dialed in and in line. I mean, we all wake up with 24 hours in a day, and really what it comes down to is who uses that 24 hours better. And if you use that your 24 hours better than I use my 24 hours, you're going to win. And it's just by optimizing your life. And so it's, you know, people be afraid of the trap, quote unquote, trappings of success, because in some ways it is a trapping where, you know, if you win a gold medal for in the Olympics for anything, um, you're not just going to stop training and be like, "Woof, I'm glad I got that off my bucket list. Now I'm going to go take a ping pong like because your life is so wrapped around it. And that's why it's important that you do the deep dive and figure out, you know, like what you said with the company, when you figured out the part that you really enjoyed that helped tap into a passion because if you're getting up at 5, 5.30 every day just to squeeze in a couple of extra hours to write your book, um, you're not going to be able to do that if it's not something that you enjoy and you're passionate about. Yeah, so I think that that's, that's really, 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 really important. Um, I love that quote. That was such a great quote. Um, and it's, again, I just love the no nonsense. Let's just like, let's help people get real results. Um, very well said. All right. So what about any books? I mean, you wrote that book. What, what books have influenced you? Obviously, you try to condense all your knowledge and pass it on to others. What were kind of the biggest, um, yeah, the biggest and most impactful books in your career? Um, well, um, probably first and, and foremost, the Bible. And I think it's, you know, what, regardless of what your spiritual beliefs are, um, there there's just phenomenal wisdom captured in there. And I, it never ceases to amaze me how much of that I end up applying in business. Um, so that's probably the first. Um, beyond that, the the one that's had the most influence on me lately is uh, a book called The Star Principle by uh, a guy named Richard Koch, which is, yes. yeah, uh, he wrote the 80-20 principle and the, a bunch of the 80-20 books. But this one's a little less well-known, I think, uh, but you know, the question comes up for a lot of uh, business owners, how do I pick a niche market and how do I target and all that? And he's got this great formula in there for it. And, um, and it works really, really well. And it's really simple. And so um, that's one that, that folks may not have heard of, but I highly recommend it. And his last name is spelled K-O-C-H. It's yep. Richard uh, Kosh. Sounds like an S, but it's it ends with a ch. So. Yep, yep. And of course, your book, Unstoppable Referrals. I mean, if you, we, we will have to do a plug for that because it is a great book. I've, I've, I haven't finished it, but I definitely have gone through it. I don't finish a lot of books. I, I tend to buy books and then read the parts that are most relevant to me. But I was really impressed with just, yeah, just that's why. Again, I wouldn't have invited you on the call if I didn't think you had good value to share. 
Um, but you. that's a great book. And Richard also has another book called the Sig. Uh, hold on, I have it by my. Now I have it on my desk. It is what is it? It's 16x real simple innovations for 16 times better results, and that's a really yeah. quick read. But he's just he's so brilliant. I mean, he's in the top. I think he's like in the top 50 richest people in the UK or something like that list. Like he's just he's just. Um, he's just awesome. I know Perry Marshall's been going off about him lately because he finally got off the phone and or got off his butt and went and meet met him. But no, mm-hmm. that's a great book, The Star Principle. Um, he had me looking on my shelf for it because I'm like, where'd it go? I had it. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the last book of his that I read. I I had the eighty twenty. You know, all, I think I've read all the ones in in the eighty twenty series. I, I have the sixteen X book, which is excellent, um, and it's a real thin book too. Um, and then I got this one and, and it has completely changed the way that I look at my own business and the way that I, I look at all the businesses that I advise in terms of how do we get them positioned for rapid growth. Yep. And there's something I just want to share with our listeners because I think this is really important. And this comes from Jim Rohn. I know a lot of people are like, oh, we recommend all these books and, you know, it's great, but I just don't have the time to read them and all that. Like. I don't know what else to tell you. Like the, uh, Jim Rohn has this great quote, quote um, and I may have changed it, but it's like the book you don't own, you can't read, and the book you don't read can't help you. And it's just, I'm sorry, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, listening to these podcasts is great, and we're definitely giving away the best knowledge that we can. Um, but when we mention books like this, and again, like Unstoppable Referrals or The Star Principle or Think and Grow Rich, like you just, you got to go get them and you got to just invest, you just have to make the time. And that's where, it, again, it comes down to what I mentioned before, those 24 hours in a day, that's really the only leverage you have to, to you know, to, and it's to live with intent versus just let be blown around. And that's something that, um, I'm sure you've realized, I mean, you mentioned it before, uh, Steve, when we were talking about like what most people, when we talked about what uh, was a big challenge, you said a lot of people don't focus, especially when they're starting up, they're focusing on their brand and their logo and, you know, should it be an LLC or whatever, but really the two things that they need to focus on is just how can I get a customer at that a price I can live with and how can I just get clients in general? And I think that that's really like that's the when we talk about the eighty twenty, it's that what's like the the meaningful few versus the fickle many, and uh, and I think that that really dials into that. I mean, if you're you know if you're trying to grow in this, you have to you have to expand your knowledge, your education. You have to surround yourself with other people. You have to get uh, coach. You you just have to. They're just things that you have to do. No one in the world has won a gold medal without a coach. I think that there's maybe been one person in the history of humanity. No one's like hit the world championships and made it there without a coach and without a support team. Like you just, you have to have that. And so congratulations for listening to this because this is part of that. You're plugging into us and we're all sharing this mind space together and trying to share knowledge, but you just have to stay on it. And I know that you're busy and I know you don't have this time uh, to read Steve's book or my book or right, or the books that we recommend, but you just, you just, you just have to find the time. And that's where I mentioned I don't necessarily read all the books front to back because I also have a theory on learning about, you know, when you're lost and you ask for directions and someone tells you, oh, well, you just turn around, go three blocks, take a right, and then go two blocks and make a left. You don't need to study that seven times. You don't need to write it down. You, like, you know what I mean? You don't have to go through the rigmarole we do with a lot of stuff in formal education because it fits what you need right now. So get the books and open up the table of contents and flip through it and be, don't be afraid to get a book and not necessarily read the whole thing. Just take the parts that are relevant, get something from it because that something will serve you so much better than nothing. Um, so, well, I, I um, saw a presentation by a guy named Dr. Tom Hill about, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, maybe, maybe more than that now, but uh, he described how he read a book a day. And I was really intrigued by it. I'm not quite at that pace, but um, I aspire to get it get to that pace. Um, and he has a system for doing it. And so he, he when he gets a book, he reads the you know the front cover or the back cover, um, and he he goes through um, and reads the the table of contents, reads the all of the introduction, and he said generally he reads all of the first chapter all of the last chapter, and then the first couple of pages and the last couple of pages of every chapter. And he said, the reason that I do that and do it that way is that I figured out that authors put a lot of anecdotes and stories in the middle of chapters to bulk up books. And I'm looking for the principles because I've decided that, that 
the, the person that, that gathers and applies the most principles wins. And so he just went through books looking for principles. And then he would go through the, um, you know, the back of the book where they, they've got all the nice comments that other people say about it. Um, and he'd look for those authors to see if there were any books by those authors that he wanted to go and get to expand his reading. But that's how he reads a book a day. And, uh, and I thought, wow, that's that's a technique I've got to try. So yeah. I, I I get through a couple of week, not quite one a day, but um, it, you know, it's a, it's an outstanding habit to uh, for anybody that wants to be successful. Yeah. Um, I'd like to do something for your listeners if we could. Yes, please. Um, we you can get the book on Amazon, um, and the paperback will run you about fifteen bucks. Um, but we're offering it um, direct from our website. For a penny, we just ask that you pick up the cost of shipping it to wherever you are in the world. So usually that means you get it for around half price. Um, and so if it's okay with you, Daryl, I'd love to please. offer that. Yeah, please um, do. If folks will just go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash Urbanski, and um, they'll uh, find an offer there for it. And and uh, we'd be happy to put one in the mail to them so that they can get it. And this is the only book that I recommend that you read cover to cover. Don't listen to our advice on skipping around. This one you need to read cover to cover. <laughs> I, uh, I fully endorse that. And that's awesome. So that's unstoppableceo.net slash U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, Urbanski. And they're getting your book for a penny. Yes. That is awesome. So that's that is awesome. Steve, thank you. That's that's a great gift. No 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 question no problems there. I mean people if anyone has qualms or, or concerns about us promoting a book or a course or something like that, like I don't I don't know what else to tell you. You have to get the knowledge some way, shape or form and that's an awesome offer to to give away your book for a penny. So um yeah, no, no, I'm I'm well aware. I'm I'm very much okay with that. UnstoppableCEO.net slash Urbanski. Uh, that's great. So, Steve, I just have a couple of questions before we wrap up. I just want to ask you for yourself, like, what do you feel were some of the things that ever held you back in your career? Do you feel that there was ever anything that um, you, like a mental hurdle or maybe it was people around you or knowledge that you needed to gain, anything that you felt that was really holding you back? Um, that you figured out and like was a big milestone or an aha moment in your career? Yeah, I think um, two things. One, um, one was just not thinking big enough. And even though I, you know, I had this great opportunity, I became CEO of a firm and it was a successful firm and we were growing, um, not thinking big enough. I had a lot of success in that industry and, um, you know, looking way back in the past, won lots of awards. I was the youngest professional to reach a lot of different milestones within that profession, um, which was all neat at the time. It was great. Um, but now that I can look back on that and it's been a little over 10 years looking back on it, I realized I was still playing a very small game back then. And, um, and it's taken me 10 years to evolve to where I can play a bigger game. And I think there's still, you know, years of that growth ahead of me. And so, um, folks that are listening to this most likely are of the mind that they're going to design their own life. If you're in the entrepreneurial world, that's kind of, we all come to it for that freedom. Um, you've got a gift to share, think big with it. Uh, be realistic, but think big with it. And that was, I think, something that held me back. The other thing that held me back early on was was a lack of understanding of marketing and how to get clients and how to get customers. I mean, going way back to when I took over that firm. Um, and, and discovering that has certainly made um, my career much much richer and, uh, and much easier, frankly. That's great advice. And do you see, like, do you, what are your common mistakes you see other entrepreneurs making when you say, like, again, not understanding sales and marketing? What are kind of the biggest mistakes, even with your clients when people come to you? What are often things that are true? Like, are they getting their own, in their own way? Or what, what is stopping them? Uh, to be perfectly honest, the, the biggest thing that I think gets in their way is, um, is their use of time. And I, I hear again and again, I, I mean, this is a – a constant conversation that I'm having with clients is that they have this goal that they want to get to 
but the use of their time is incongruent with achieving the goal. And so they'll have, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, we're going to get this campaign going and out the door by a certain date. And, and we know the campaign's likely to work and, and uh, it's going to produce a certain result for them that gets them towards their goal. But, you know, Susie shows up at the office and, you know, decides to quit. And so now, you know, I've taken responsibilities back on. I mean, you, you name the excuses. In fact, I should put up on, I should put on the wall a numbered list and I, then I can just say, all right, so you mean you've got a number 32 today, (laughs) you know, (laughs) um, because that to me is what gets in people's way. Um, you mentioned, uh, earlier in the conversation about, you know, he who uses his day most effectively wins. And and I I really think it comes down to that. There's so many things that we can get uh, caught up with and distracted by that maintaining focus is really, really challenging. Yeah. I had a mentor. He gives, he has a great acronym for focus, follow one course until successful. And I love that. Yeah. 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 And I just, yeah, I think that's again, just how you use your time in a day and it's, you know, and other people, they won't get it. They won't understand you. You, you know, people listening to this, they, they just want to, they're more addicted to going out and partying or to sleeping or to watching TV and movies than they are to making to a difference in this world or building something that will leave a legacy or that they can build and then sell and then, you know, and then relax for, like I have a friend, he built a company, sold it for a, a very, not quite seven figures, but a very large sum. And he spent the last year and a half, two years. He's the day the money hit his bank account was the day his son was born. And he wow. spent the last 18 months just like, just being a, like a dad. And they've got this beautiful place by a lake. And, you know, and now he's like putting around with different business ideas, but you know, and that's, part of why he built it but at the time all of his family like especially where he grew up I, we have had conversations about this like nobody gets it like they none of them get it right they're all like you know way too into their Grey's Anatomy and their Don of the whatever the I don't even know what it is the guy's got the same name as me Daryl but um, you know and no one's going to get it and it really just is it's it's you have a life mission as an entrepreneur that's part of I think your passion as well you see the good that we do in the world and even when you just mentioned like we don't think big enough like most people just see what's there and they deal with it entrepreneurs we create things out of nothing like we just we find we like why are people you know we just see what other people can't see and we build it for the world to benefit from and that's an amazing power and I think you're right I think not seeing big is a is a is a problem that um, I guess that's why they say youth is wasted on the young right because that's right once you finally <laughs> figure it out I'm, I'd I'm only like, known yeah 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 I'm definitely hitting stages where I'm fe- I'm feeling that now so um, well. Yeah. Uh, I, tell you, I tell you, I I listen a lot to a guy named Dan Sullivan, um, who has a company called The Strategic Coach, and he's, I think, about 70 years old right now. And I was listening to an interview with him recently, and, and he's planning what he's going to be doing for the next 25 years. Um, and he's 70 years old. So I'm, I'm at least encouraged that hopefully, it, you know, if he can make it that far, I've got a, at least hopefully a long runway to go. And uh, now that I've, I'm beginning to get it. Uh, waking up a little bit, I can I can have an impact. Yeah, no, Steve, come on, we gotta think bigger, buddy. I'm, I'm <laughs> fully, I'm living to be 300. That's a goal I set, and I'm not like I don't mean like old and decrepit and like I collapse at the end. Like I want to live in my bed. I like I want to be 297 and be in the like whether I get a new body in my brain. Like I don't even care, but I just want to live like mobile, capable, able, sound body and mind. Till like I'm 300. That's the goal. 300. Forget forget this. 100 years. Whatever. What's well, up with and- that? And, um, and, you know, and the way, and the way to go out is on a call like this, doing, <laughs> doing something good, being energetic and, you know, at the end of it, you know, maybe, maybe that's the exit, but, you know, right, right, right. go out in a good way. Exactly. So what are you, what are you excited about? What's energizing you these days? What are you passionate about? Uh, I'm, I, I have to tell you right now, I'm really passionate about the book and, and, uh, hearing the stories that are coming back re- literally from all over the world. Um, I, I just, uh, this morning, uh, did a, a we, I do marketing critiques for people who subscribe to a, a, a monthly newsletter that, that we put out, and uh, was somebody who got the book. He's in India, and he's got a, a small uh, video production company over there, and he's created his referral kit, and he started using it and and getting some success with it, and he he sent it over to to redeem one of his critique coupons, and. You know, I just love going through it. Here's this guy in India. So I, 
you know, here I am, I, you know, grew up in, in the, in the States in, in the eighties and couldn't have imagined interacting with anybody in India, much less creating something that's, you know, helping this guy's business. And so that's stuff that gets me excited right now. Yeah. Touching other people's lives. I love, like, I love testimonials. I just love hearing how people's lives have been changed. And it's just amazing because if you feel like you tap in by, by mastering sales and marketing, you feel like you tap into this power, like atomic energy that can just explode someone's life and totally change their life, their relatives, their family. And again, you know, a lot of these people, they have wonderful things that they're bringing to the world that are really making a difference. So um, it's just such a good feeling. I, I love I love what we do. And yeah, I'm, that's awesome. So Steve, thank you so much for being on the show. For those of you listening, um, again, go get that book. It's a penny. Guys, it's a penny. Uh, unstoppableceo.net slash Urbanski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I. Um, that is so, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. That's just a really nice gift and hopefully it will change some of our listeners' lives. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Do you have anything else to add before we go? No, this has been great. Thanks for having me on. I always enjoy talking with you. So I hope we get to do it again sometime soon. Yeah, me too. It's an honor. You're a great man with some wonderful knowledge and you, you've really changed some people's lives and I, I, um, I'm going to finish your book and um, I've loved what I've read so far and I just appreciate you making that offer to everyone here and uh, yeah no just thank you for just trying to make the world a better place so uh, until next time Steve thank you yes sir thanks take care you've reached the end of our interview now first let me thank you for listening I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know and now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions first what three lessons did you just learn What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast, and if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself, and remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.